Hey, this is Dan Marino. Hi, Ryan Tannehill from the Dolphins here. Hi, this is Larry Zonka. This is Mark Super Duper. I'm John Offerdahl. This is Paul Warfield. Hi, this is Nick Bonacani. This is Jake Scott. Gary Premian. Dick Anderson. Larry Little. Tom Bigarito. Tom Nottingham. Otto Stowe. Mike Colon. Doug Kruzan from the 1972 undefeated Miami Dolphins. This is Marlon the Magician Briscoe. I'm Jim Crash Jensen. This is Don Shula, and I listen to the Pat Catello Show. It's the Miami Dolphins Legend Show with Pat Catello. Join us now as we talk Dolphin football or call in live with your questions or comments. And now here's your host, Pat Catello. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Miami Dolphins Legend Show. I'm your host, Pat Catello. I will be joined alongside Rich Van Zandt shortly as the Miami Dolphins season continues to take a downhill climb. And uh, the 3-0 and record has now went to 3-1 and and 3-2. and And is the clock ticking? You know, for everybody who tuned in last week, uh, we had uh, pointed it out, and I know Rich had emphasized it, that you know, 3-0 and start was great, uh, and then, you know, we knew New England was in the rearview mirror. How would they play up there? And then what is going to continue to happen as this team goes on? Well, now they've lost two in a row. So now it's 3-2, and two, and the New England Patriots are also 3-2. and two, and, and I throw out the question, which 3-2 and two would you rather be? And I don't think there's anybody in the house that's taken the Miami Dolphins because I think everybody knows that uh, the tide has, has – seriously turned on this and uh Miami Dolphins go out to Cincinnati and uh 27-17 uh eerily familiar score for uh Miami Dolphin fans uh and and that of course is uh the way that that game ends and they they dominated the first half of that game uh a lot of people will say that it's a, a tale of two halves um I actually think it's a tale of two Ryan Tannehills, and and we will kind of get into that as Ryan Tannehill has his second, quote, stinkeroo uh, in a row. And um, probably one of the worst games he's played in in a long time. You could put it up there at the top of his career worsts. Uh, He made some terrible decisions, and the the two turnovers were just deadly. you know, on a positive note, there's a lot of things that you see that you do like. Um, they can be an exciting team at times. You know, Grant, obviously, with that touchdown return, huge pivotal play in the game. Um, and the offense looked like it was really clicking on all cylinders. The run game was working very, very well. But the problem with that is when you start to lose the momentum and you start to get behind, the Dolphin offense clearly panics. And they can stop the run at will when they have to. Because when you're down now or you're on your heels and trying to recover from a turnover that just resulted in, in a seven-point swing the other direction, you know, running for two yards is not going to do it for you. And uh, that completely seemed like it had changed. And so a lot of problems there, uh, you know. And, and this really begs the question now is the Miami Dolphins are going to play the, the the Chicago Bears who are – a much improved Chicago Bear team led by Khalil Mack. And, uh, you know, is, is, is this is this what we can expect for the remainder of the games, and can they get back on course after a, a horrifying loss like this? Um, so without further ado, uh, 
the man who's always positive <laughs> as far as the Miami Dolphin uh, season is concerned. So, Rich, you know, when I when I look look at this game, like I said, I mean, I don't think you could have – you even had to be shocked by how well the Dolphins had dominated uh, out in Riverfront Stadium or whatever it's called now, the jungle. Uh, they really did dominate the first half of the game. They looked like a very, very solid football team, especially on defense – uh, they, they held A.J. Green to, in check, and, and the Dolphin offense was able to really pound the ball and dominate the clock. And then, you know, obviously the second half of this game was a completely different story. Yeah, but if you look at it, without the punt return, they scored seven points. You know, the offense didn't do anything. You know, they had one drive. They The offense scored ten points the entire game, three points in the second you know, seven points in the first. I mean, if that's what you think is good, we're in a lot of trouble. Well, when I say good, I mean, they dominated the game offensively in the sense that they were able to pound the ball and eat up the clock. Yes, they did score seven points in the first half. The, the problem, but we're talking about the first half of the game. Me too. They scored 10 points in the first half. And, and well, how many do you want them to score in the first okay. half? I mean, that. Ten points in the first they, half and getting defensive touchdowns as well. Getting a defensive yeah, touchdown they, and scoring no, they, temp- they, they, No, 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 wait, time out. Cincinnati didn't score until the fourth quarter. They, 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 we were winning 17-3 to going into the fourth quarter. Right. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not saying that the Dolphins... Ten points in the first half. Ten points in the first half, three in the, you know, you know what, what they, they scored ten points in the... Wait, 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 wait I'm, I'm getting this wrong now. It was 14 wrong on the halftime. Yeah, they yeah it was 14. Yeah, they right. scored one touchdown, one punt return, and then three points in the second half. Yeah, so that's a dominating game? I, I think when you look at the way that they ran the ball and the, what they were able to do on defense, I had no problems with the Dolphin offense in the first half of that game. I had no seven problems at all. No problem with that. Scoring not when points. your defense – not when you're able to put another – they didn't get the ball. When you return a touchdown, okay, you don't get the ball, obviously. So that that's okay. a, you know, okay. So and, and and I think the way that they ate the clock up, you know, I, w- I was happy with the way that the the offense played in the first half because they were dominating on the running game. You know, they were they were able to really physically eat up the clock and dominate. So if they would have continued to do that in the second half of the game, yeah, they would have won the game. I have no doubts about that. But the problem is, you know, the second half of the offense was it became inept again. Abysmal. Uh, Abysmal. Yes. yes. And, and you know, I, I, I make a joke, uh, you know, about the score, the ominous 27-17 score, but, boy, wasn't that, like, eerily familiar? There's no question. Yeah, I know. It's a joke. It's an absolute and, joke. And so, yeah. you know, uh, when you don't score anything in, in, in the second half, I mean – you know, it, it, it it's kind of scary. Well, well, they got a field goal. Didn't they get a field goal in the third quarter? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, they were winning. Right, so they were winning. They scored three points. Yeah, right. Exactly. They were winning yeah. seventeen to three going into the fourth quarter. Right. And, you know, uh, but you know, the second half of this game uh, was an entirely different team, and you know, we've talked about it while it was going on, and and of course. In our eyes, the turning point of the game was was the third down and one when they decided to to roll Tannehill out and 
throw the ball 40 yards downfield for an incomplete pass that then turned over the ball on the punt and they you know the momentum seemed to completely change and then it was non-stop for Cincinnati after that yeah Tannehill had you're right it's probably one of the worst Tannehill games of his career I mean he if you put number six on his back with Sanchez I don't think anybody would have would have would have said no that's not Mark Sanchez that's how bad he played yeah. Yeah, I mean, you listen. Know, that was yeah. abysmal yeah. performance by him. Yeah, you know, no, he was clueless in the pocket. You know, making silly mistakes, like you know. And you know, let's be honest. This is year seven. I mean, enough is enough with this. You know. Yeah, I. I mean, it, it shouldn't have went down the way it went down. Uh, let me let me say, st- staying on the, th- the third and one. Here's my problem with the third and one, and I think it's probably different than yours. My problem with the third and one is this. If you're going to run that kind of trickery, when you're dominating the ball the entire day on the ground, it's now third and one, you're having a decent drive, the start of a very decent drive. I think they're somewhere on a 30, 35-yard line their own, some, something in that range. Okay, you run this play. You decide not to punch it and get the first down, you roll him out and you run this trickery. Here's my problem with it, Rich. You're talking about a veteran quarterback who at that point has to see that his receiver is blanket covered. He's got to run for the first down. There's no way you're telling me Ryan Tannehill is not going to get that first down. If he comes out there, sees it, there's no way he runs towards the corner. They're going to stop him from gaining a yard, even if he has to dive head first. There's no way that they are stopping him. That's on him. And if 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 Gase and their offensive staff need to tell him that, well, then they should have told him that. But I don't think they should have had to tell him that. I think that's something he should know at this stage of his career. So uh, no, they're both to blame. It's an idiotic play call to begin with. It never should have been in that situation. Well, but if if you do it that way, you're going right. to get the first down, though. It's my point. And maybe yeah. he is wide open, and you want to go for a touchdown there. So I think you can't fail on that. I don't. I don't criticize them as much for that play if they sat down and said, "Listen, if this isn't here, you need to get the first down this way." If they would have said that, I would have been a lot more in their corner. But obviously they didn't say that, and obviously he, Tannehill, did not have that in his head and did not do it. But that's my problem with it, you know. And that's just the start of it because, hey, listen, uh, that was the turning point of it. But the two turnovers in this game are almost ridiculous. The first one, when he kind of threw it and it hit somebody's helmet and bounced up for a pick six. You said, how did I never seen this? Let me see it again. And then you seen it again, and you said, I, I, this is crazy. I can't really – how did yeah. this happen? And you're looking at it. And then the second one was almost the same thing. Almost the same thing. It's like <laughs> – I mean, it wasn't exact, well, it was but close like we enough. A replay. It was almost like we watched a replay. Of a play that you haven't seen in how many years? I know. Back to back. It, it's, it's bizarre. It's bizarre. This game was really bizarre. Yeah. And I don't know – listen, we both know the facade of the first three weeks in the sense that if, oh, you yeah, thought that the, if you thought that the New England Patriots were being overtaken, well, they clearly showed that in week four that they were not. So now 
you're coming off off of a game where they they spanked you and showed that this is our division, okay? And nobody's going to do anything, it, it, you know. It kind of reminded me of Tony Sperano in 2009. I don't know if you recall this, but they had won the division, and he made a gigantic remark that this is our division. Nobody comes in here. This is ours. We we have control of this, and Belichick really took that the wrong way. And in 2009, you know, the tides turned in a hurry. Well, this was eerily reminiscent of that for me because, you know, they went up there, and, and, and the New England Patriots showed where this stands right now. So to have any disillusions of that coming into this game, you know, you really had to be crazy. And so when you go into this game, you don't know what's going to happen, but you know at the very least you're looking in the rearview mirror and this is going to be a, a, a dogfight to say the least. And then to have dominated. We're not going to be looking in the rearview mirror too much. You're not even really looking in it now. You're not no, even really not, looking in it now. They're, they're next to us now in the next lane going by us. Yeah, they are. And, but but uh, you know what I told you about the head-to-head? Yeah. So, you know, take that for what it's worth, but they already have the head-to-head. They take we the are. head-to-head again. What's that's, that? not gonna, that's not even going to come into, into, into play. Well, not if they win another game head-to-head, then they have a, a three-game lead. It's not going to make a difference by the time the next time we play out. Okay, well, We're you're saying so that. far behind, it's over with. Okay, well, that, that's yeah, fine, but that. Listen, you can make that point, but that has nothing to do with the argument. The argument is that they're ahead no, of us I'm right now. Saying, by the time December rolls around, the, the head-to-head ain't going to make a difference. They're going to have a two-game, three-game lead on us, if not more. Yeah, I, I'm not saying I don't agree with that, but the, the point I'm making is they're really not tied right now. Oh, I know that. You've right. already yeah, relinquished right. first place, is yeah. my point. You're absolutely right. Yeah, right. If, if you're going to look at the standings right now, we're not in first place. You're right. And, and you know that it's not going to get better. Now, there are some tough no. games. Like, New England plays Kansas City. We don't play Kansas City. Okay? So, if Kansas City shows up and they win that game, you need to take advantage of that, at least to stay relevant for the second half of the season in this division. Yeah. And, you know, uh, we'll see. I mean, you're bouncing back now from uh, just a really devastating loss because the way I look at this loss is that, you know, Cincinnati is a good team. Cincinnati is a team that has a good chance to win their division. And you had them beat. They should not have lost this game. They really should not have lost this game. It's a game that the Dolphins went on the road and had had won. And and nonsensical turnover. The defense... Plays a lot different when Jones is in there. There's no doubt about yeah, that. Yeah, definitely does. He's a good ball player. He's oh, an excellent ball player. Yeah. yeah, and 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 the defense played well, Rich. They stopped them until the tide completely turned. Yeah. I mean, and even then, they still kind of played well. It's just that when you turn the ball over two times for touchdowns, you know, it, it's very difficult well, to the, make the a stand. Well, the Like I said... They scored 10 but points it, again yesterday. It's inept, but it's, games like that. it's inept, but it's got, at times, it looks like it's really rolling. Yeah, I, well, I've seen the well, first well. half of this game different than you did. I thought I that the first half of this. I don't know what really, really rolling to me is in scoring, you know, 14 points at halftime. That's not really rolling. You know? Well, I, I just thought that they were able, like I said, I thought they were able to dominate the line of scrimmage a lot better. The, the, the offensive line, and, and don't forget more injuries coming now, uh, and, and the offensive line is just, 
it's in a bad state, and Ryan Tannehill has not handled pressure well at all this year. For whatever reason... He's in quicksand. His first three steps into it, he's in quicksand. He really is not making... You know, he can run when he gets going, but his first initial steps are very are very lagging, you know. It's, it's I don't, almost like he's in mud, you know. Yeah. I don't think he's recovered from the knee injury. I've say, stated it many times, and, and, and the first three steps of that are where it's prevailed, where you can really yeah. prominently see that. Uh, he's not getting out of the – he's not getting out of his own way. Maybe when he starts running and he's and he's on course – his speed is there, but the initial jump out is not. He's not comfortable in the pocket. He's not. He's not making it any easier for himself in the way he's moving when the pressure comes, you know. And and that that's a factor as well. So uh, you know, I mean, you take it for what it is. Uh, I've always been a, an advocate of him, and I think he could play really well at times, you know. But when he does stuff like that, it doesn't hurt. It doesn't help his case, and it no. it, it kind of really, you know, makes you wonder here. Um, I don't know. Uh, you know, it, it's it's the kind of thing where we'll just have to see how this all plays itself out. But uh, you know, it, it, it's alarming, especially when you have the injuries that we've had. It's it's very alarming to see, you know, where where this is going to go and and. Uh, um, I have no, absolutely no illusions that in, in any crunch time situation that they're going to be able to get it together. I mean, they they should have even made a better run at this game. Once it, you know, it, they merely made no, uh, no run at all where you thought maybe they could get back into this. Right? I didn't see it. No. No, they didn't. They, as soon as those turnovers happened. They looked deader than a doornail. You know, they just laid again, down and they were, died. They were, it seems like they were sitting on the first half again. You know, three points in the right. second half is not going to do it for you. You know, they they are. I don't understand why they go into this shell in the second half constantly. It's really it's frustrating. Very frustrating, and it's it's getting uh it, it, it's getting worse and worse. Oh, Take look. a quick break. We'll, yeah. Okay, go ahead. We'll be right back after this. Hi, this is Gary Apremian of the undefeated Miami Dolphins 1972 team. I always listen to the Pat Catello Show. You're listening to the Miami Dolphins Legend Show, sponsored by Iberia Tiles, with locations from Georgia to South Florida. Iberia Tiles offers over 3,000 products and complete peace of mind. From tiles, molasses, and stone, to wood flooring, Iberia has the solution no matter what the size of your project. Visit IberiaTiles.com. That's I-B-E-R-I-A. And ask for Dave or call direct at 404-409-0746. And Fanatics.com. If you love the Miami Dolphins, then you need to visit Fanatics.com. Once again, that's Finn, P-H-I-N. And now back to your Miami Dolphins Legends show with your host, Pat Catello.
Miami Dolphins legend show, Pat Catello, Rich Van Zant. As uh, we recap the Miami Dolphins' week five loss to the Cincinnati Bengals, 27-17. Just a reminder, catch us on iTunes. You can go right to the iTunes store and uh, subscribe to our uh, show, and you can have our, our latest episodes right, delivered right to your phone. And, of course, uh, you can get back episodes as well. And, uh Send us any questions, comments, or what have you, Pacatello Show at Yahoo.com. Rich, you know, I think that this is a very strange situation that the Dolphins found themselves in because they weren't supposed to be as good as they were record-wise in the beginning of the year, and now it seems like they are on a disastrous path, if you will. Chicago Bears playing a lot better. Uh, and, you know, Khalil Mack uh, has rejuvenated that team. Uh, are the Dolphins able to bounce back after something like this, or is this something that's going to carry over? Oh, you know me. I didn't think they were going to be that good this year. I I thought the rough season was atrocious. I, I didn't like didn't like the offseason moves whatsoever. I think this team's run horribly. I don't like the coaching staff. Uh, you know, I think they're a big mess. So no, I don't think they're going to bounce back. I mean, here, here's some, here's something to look at. Okay, who who was the leading receiver? You think yesterday? Uh, the leading receiver yesterday was probably a running back. Probably yeah, Drake. it was Drake. Drake yeah. was it? Drake seven receptions for sixty nine yards. Right. Drake had that many yards. He had sixty nine. Uh, he had that one yeah, big so play. Must have been like dump. Yeah, it must have been old dumps. You know. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't remember anything being that exciting, you know? Okay. And, you know, Albert Wilson had 43 yards, five receptions. Emma Dull had three catches for 30. Stills had two catches for 17. And that's not getting it done. No, it's not. Um, but, again, I, I, think the, I think the longest reception was like 12 or 15 yards. Right, right. The thing that I would say to counter that is I'd be curious how much of those stats took place in the first half. Because it was almost abysmal in the second half. Besides that, yeah. Drake, Drake had that big, big catch and run in the second half. But um, for the most part, in the yeah, beginning right. of that it. Like, that was like almost 30 yards, that one, right? It was, yeah. And that was in the second <laughs> so half. He had 69 so. Yards, so the other ones must have amounted to nothing. That's why we don't even remember them. How much was the long one? Wasn't it like 28 yards or something like that? Was it that long? Yeah, it might have been. It was I a fantastic so. run uh, yeah. or a catch run. So it was almost half the yards on one play. Right, it was. Um, so, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it is what it is. I can't, I can't cherry coat you that, know, I don't uh, you know. this philosophy of the short pass patterns. I don't understand it. Stretch the damn field. What's the problem? I don't get it. There's no out patterns. There's no there's no fly patterns. There's no posts. There's no flags. There's nothing. I mean, all they do is throw the ball underneath all the time. What what kind of yeah. offense is that? Well, one of the things that I had issues with is is the fact that when things seem to be you know out of reach, they still were playing games like they still that. Go with it. Where I, yeah. I would have went three times. I would have went Kenny Stills to the end zone once, Albert Wilson the second time, back to Kenny Stills, and then probably, you know, if I had a punt or if the clock didn't show it, I'd do it again. I mean, I, I don't understand why they weren't taking more long shots and gambles when they became behind. It's so late in the game, yeah, no less. Like I said, I don't know what's going through their minds. I, I think Adam Gaze, you know, if this is a guru, then, uh, then I'm lost. I don't know. I don't get it. 
I don't understand what the attraction for this guy was from day one. And it just, right. I mean, it, the Philbin offense looks more exciting to me than this. Well, this certainly, uh, you know, I, I, there's times in this offense when it does look exciting, when they have big plays and trick plays and that. The Philbin error just completely, to me, was a wash. I, I don't know. I just That just never clicked for well, me. Well, this isn't getting but, any better. Well, uh, again, I think that there's more big play capability in, in this team. That That's why it surprises me when they need it that they don't do something like that. Like, you've seen so many trick plays in the beginning of the year and all this kind of stuff, and in a jet game and all that. I mean, look at it, you know, and my point is, when they needed it, where was all that stuff? I don't know. It's a little bizarre. A little bit, right? Like, I mean, they didn't use it at all. Yeah, they almost let the Jets back into that game. Again, that's another game we didn't score a point in the second half. This team has been non-existent in the second half. Yeah. Offensively. But I'm saying you've seen so many trick plays, gadgets, and stuff like that. Where was it? How come there was absolutely nothing when you kind of need it? And again, in the, in the, I, I, I can't answer that for you. I just don't understand why why that they think that just throwing the ball four, three yards at a time is going to get you anywhere. You know? I mean, a first down for this team is like is like a treat. Yeah. Forget about, like, long drives. If they cross the 50, you want to have a balloon release. It's it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it gets frustrating. It, it definitely does, and they do rely on those short passing plays and, you know. It doesn't work. It's just ridiculous. And I know, I know exactly what you're saying as far as you know that mentality is concerned. It doesn't make a lot of sense to have you know well, the third and is, eight and throw a four whole, yard pass. The whole organization, from ownership to management to coaching, they have this attitude like they're they have accomplished something in life. You know, like they're this, you know they're Vince Lombardi's of and um, you know the Rudy family and the Mara family. And, you know, they act like they have accomplished something, and they have accomplished nothing. But they have this attitude that they know everything. I mean, you listen to Gaze's press conference, you think he's got three Super Bowl rings in his back room. Yeah. And it's amazing. Yeah, he you does, know, he does act like that. With no accomplishments. He he does act like that. Uh, he they, There yeah. is an arrogance to this organization. There's no denying that. And and Gase has had that in his press conferences and, and his demeanor since he's taken this job. Um, he he has. And I think it does stem from the top, uh, you know. And, and it's the whole organization has this ridiculous mentality of uh, um, arrogance false accomplishments. to it. Yeah. Well, arrogance without without yeah without the backing accomplishments, accomplishments for it. No, none. I mean, the, this Ross era has destroyed. It absolutely destroyed the history of this organization. It, it was yeah, one of I mean, the most pristine organizations in the world when he took over, and he, he dragged it into the mud. It's it's you know, people look at this. People who are alive in their twenties have no idea what it was like to see a good Dolphin team on the field. No, and, uh, uh, you know, the 1-15 in 15 season, that was still Huizenga, obviously, but, you know, taking that aside, um, you know, from where it's went from there, uh, it's just really, you know, abysmal. And uh, the coaching, merry-go-round, just over and over again, uh, you know, it has, it has effects. 
there's there's no denying yeah. that it does. I mean, you went from stability in Don Shula for so many decades, and then you know, then Jimmy Johnson came in for that circus for four years, and, it, and the team has never recovered since that turnover. It really hasn't. No. Now it coincided with Marino leaving as well, you know, so that that's true. Um, but you know, uh, with the exception of the one-year Parcells turnaround fix and the uh, playoffs a couple of years ago, there has been absolutely nothing in 20 years. And yep. it, it is 6-10 and 10 seems like the norm for the team, right? 6-10, and 6-10, and 6-10. And yeah. the, uh, the drafting's been abysmal. Horrible. Absolutely yeah. horrible, the drafting over the last, you know, ever since Tannenbaum's got there, the drafting. You know, other than that, that Landry draft that year, was with Hickey was decent since Tannenbaum put his nose in there. It's been absolutely terrible, absolutely terrible. And let's not forget another second round pick bit the dust neck last week, Jordan Phillips. You know, I love how they yeah. blame the player, not not the people who picked the player. You know, yeah, Buffalo picked him up in a half a minute, so I'm curious to see what's yeah. going to go on there because he obviously was a discipline uh, problem with them. He showed signs of big plays, just very inconsistent and. Did not get along with the the coaching staff there, so no. um, you know we'll see we'll see how that, that kind of goes. Uh, you know, another second round bust. You can't keep having those building a team. You know, there's too many draft busts, high picks. You know, we have a receiver that hasn't gotten on the field this year, basically. That was a number one pick, another bust. You know, well, we, we uh, traded the, up the, for a receiver two years ago in Peru. Oh. He's on the practice squad. That's a bust. Talk today. Hiding. The talk today, though, is that uh, now they're they're shopping Devontae Parker around all day. I forgot to mention yeah, that. That's as one we what are you going to get for him now? you going to get a conditional seventh rounder? And what's the point? Well, you gave you away know? a Super Bowl winning running back with three 200-yard games in a season for, for basically you, nothing. You what so what do you expect? to his ACL out. Did you hear that? He's, I heard he he's got hurt. He's out for the year now. Blew his ACL out. Yeah. But you know, going into that game, he had a fractured back and his knee was hurt. So he had a torn ligament in that knee, and I'm assuming that that led to now a full tear. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. So, you know, when you look at it like that, now he kind of they gave him away. So yeah, what are you getting for Devonte Parker? I mean, you're basic. They're Nothing. basically you begging. You couldn't get you couldn't get more than a fifth and a seventh round pick for Jowers Landry. How are you going to get anything for Devonte Parker? Yeah, they're begging right now for a fifth or a sixth round pick, and I don't think they're going to get it either. I they're really don't. That. And even if they no. did, what would it amount to anyway? They can't pick in the first two rounds. Are you going to, you going to pick something up in the fifth round? No. Well, listen, you know, this what I mean, we were rehashing the same things. I know you're very critical of a lot of moves. You're right about a lot of moves. There are some good things on this team, too, though. They went 3-0 and to start the season. There is talent there. It's just they're getting injured left and right right now. The defense is a good defense. It's playing well. It's not great by any stretch, but you can certainly win games with the defense. And the offense has shown at times that it can do some stuff. It's just so inconsistent. But you know what? In all honesty, it's Ryan Tannehill that was the problem yesterday. And he oh, was the main problem. The offensive line's an issue, too, and that's not getting But it's going to be an issue. And you know but how it's he gonna plays be. when there's no offensive line. But so it's going to be. Trouble. You're getting yeah. more and more injuries there. So that's a lot different than when you talk about, you know, I mean, when you're getting injuries there, it's not going to get better. Now, Tunzel had a concussion yesterday, right? So that's yeah. another offensive lineman you got to worry about. Uh, you know, um, 
what is it, uh, Sam uh, Young? Yeah. Sam Young was in there. He looked uh, You know, the, the, the centering looked a little bit better than it did when uh, there was the, the injury a right. week ago, you know. Um, but still, you know, it, it's, it's, a, it's a banged up, you know, glue and, and mud kind of line right now. And you can't afford – listen, you couldn't afford any more injuries when we said it, and I think there was two more after that. So, yeah, it, yep. you're in bad shape right now. Um, tight end-wise, where where are these tight ends? A.J. Derby, he was hurt. He's hurt. But, uh, yep. you know, uh, Gesicki, you can say what you want. I, I don't see anywhere near the type of player that I thought I was going to see with this guy. You know, I, I really don't. Yeah, he had, he had uh, I mean, two catches yesterday, I think. Yeah, he had two catches yesterday. I, I got you that, yeah. but nothing dramatic, though. No, I'm not the saying one that's was, good. I'm not saying that's good. He only had two catches. That's what I'm saying. And the one that's was like a, literally a short one that Tannehill was being yeah. he was being put thrown to the ground and got it out of yep. his hands, and then he caught it for like a three-yard gain. And then, you know, the second one was, just, you know, there was not, nothing major, not, certainly no. nothing game-changing that I've seen from this guy, you know? No. Um, and and you're stacking up the you're putting tight ends now to pass protect you know I mean that's basically why they brought O'Leary you know this this other tight end up from the practice squad you've seen him playing back basically playing left tackle I mean that's what he was I doing know. he was yeah, you know yeah, was double teaming and, yeah. yeah you know so that's an area that was supposed to be you know uh, an upgrade to help Tannehill with his dump offs and and stuff like that that hasn't panned out. That hasn't panned out at all. Um, I'm disappointed there. The, the, the best tight end you've seen so far this year was Derby, and, and he got injured. Um, so, you know, well, I don't know what's really going to change there. really don't know what's there. wrong with him, do we? They are being very, like, sketchy with it, you know, um, yeah. as they always are, right? Do we expect anything anything less? No, nothing else. You know, no. uh, uh, to no. try to get uh, – <laughs> you know, to try to, to try to get legitimate answers – you know, on injury reports, is a little. No, it's, it's, it's next to impossible with this team. You know, which yep. um, again, you know, comes from that mentality that uh, uh, you know, it, it's just like it's a hierarchy mentality that there's no justification for it. They list Derby, I think, as a foot problem, a foot injury. That's all you know. Which could be anything. Could be a broken toe. Could be a sprained ankle. You don't say anything. That's what he's going to say. It's a foot. All they say is it's a foot injury. And he, you know? Yeah, it's, he's a foot injury ridiculous. and he's out. Yeah. Ingrown toenail to a planter's work. Could be anything. Uh, Absolutely. Be yeah. Yeah. Now, I know teams play games like that. Like, listen, Tom Brady's been on an injury report every week for the last four years, I think. You know, so I know teams do play games with it, but you know, it's it again. It's it's you know, they're, they're not the getting. Reason, you know, the only reason there's an injury report back in the day is it was for gambling. There's like like if you knew somebody was hurt, it would help you if you were gambling. And I just I just can't imagine that any injury report has ever helped anyone predict who's going to win a game. It's just so ridiculous. No, no, but you say you say right. back in the day. You say back in the yeah. day. I'm 100 yeah. percent convinced it's it's the same reason now. That's the only reason you yeah. have it because yeah, they have sure to because I'm you sure can't take a reason, bet. But it just it is ridiculous because in, most of the time they're on the report they play right. 
And most of the time they do. The injury report is saying doubtful that win the game for you. So I just don't yeah. understand how it ever helps anyone. You know what I mean? It just, it's right. just so ridiculous. It's just, it doesn't make any sense to me. You know? Yeah, yeah. But uh, no, I, I understand what you're saying. But that's that's basically what it comes down to. So you're not yeah. placing a bet and didn't know. You know. This, this superstar is not playing yeah, no, or whatever. You. But like, most of the time, it, it doesn't come in. It doesn't come to effect anyway because if it says doubtful, they play. If it says yeah. probable, they don't play. It's just like it never. You know what I mean? How many times I have do. you seen probable and the guy doesn't get on the field? He's got a hat on. Uh, he didn't feel yeah. good in warm-ups. <laughs> you know. <laughs> it's a fair point. There's no denying. That's a fair point. All right, we'll take a break. We're coming back and wrap it up right after this. Hi, this is Dick Anderson with the 1972 Perfect Season Miami Dolphins. We're listening to the Pat Catello Show. You're listening to the Miami Dolphins Legend Show, sponsored by Don Nottingham Associate Insurance. Don Nottingham formed Don Nottingham Associates Insurance while playing for the Miami Dolphins in 1975. Don recognized the need to prepare for life after football. For all your insurance needs, call 352 307-6736 or visit him at www.donnottinghamins.com And now back to your Miami Dolphins Legends show with your host, Pat Catello. Dolphins Legend Show, Pacatello, Rich Van Zant. As we uh, come to the home stretch, uh, looking forward to the Miami Dolphins taking on the Chicago Bears at home, try to rebound uh, after this uh, two-game losing streak that they they are on right now. Uh, you know, Rich, I had said, and and I still, you know, we went back and forth with uh, the argument of a wide receiver being, you know, a more impact player to start your team with and and spend a lot of money. And I said, no, I still believe that a defensive guy like Khalil Mack, you know, is the better choice to do that. Because I don't think a wide receiver really can change your team on that kind of a dominant basis. Because I think that they are, A, they're the divas of the league. And even though they can have good games and and certainly win a single-handed game, uh, they're more self-oriented, and I think that that, you know, changes, uh, you know, in the complexion. Obviously, a quarterback would be first, but I'm saying out of the two, you know, I think like a defensive player, like, a, you know, a Lawrence Taylor type or a Khalil Mack, 
uh, is the you know the better choice to do that. And and obviously Khalil Mack has changed the Chicago Bears. I mean, you could see that they are a much better team. I'm still not sold on Trubinsky at all. But they, no, you know, they're I mean, playing much better. The last game, but who knows? Yeah, he's very know. yeah up and down. Yep, he's up and down. Hey, we don't hate either one of them, so. <laughs> we don't what? Know. We don't have either one that you're talking about. We're, we're starless organization. No, 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 we don't. Now. No, but that's not what I'm saying. But we are playing the Bears, so that's my point. Yeah, no, like, I, I think, you know, this is a much. Me. I'd much rather them have a, a, a top flight receiver than that right now. There's no question. Khalil Max scares me. Yeah, me too. I like I. You're right. If I had to choose, I'd rather they had, uh, you know, uh, even Beckham than than Khalil Mack right now, especially with this offensive line. And that's why I brought this up because this just seems scary to me. The way this offensive line is, and that you're bringing in practice squad tight ends to try to block, and now Khalil Mack's going to be lining up like Charles Jefferson from Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Oh, I know. Yeah, you're 100% correct. It's not going to – it could be ugly very quickly. There's no question. Now, defensively, I think the Miami Dolphins should be able to hold the Chicago Bears in check for quite a while. But when does it stop? I mean, that's the thing. If you're not scoring points on offense, no defense is going to be able to sustain it. Yeah, if you keep losing the, you know, know, the the, uh, field position game, you know, you could be in a lot of trouble quickly. You yeah. can. I mean, uh, you certainly can. That's what's so surprising about last week is that they were able to run the ball. And when you're able to run the ball, you control the clock and you control the team. And that's why yeah. I said I thought the Dolphins' offense did well. Yeah, okay, the points weren't where it should be, but when you're, when you're running the ball and you're physical like that, your defense is resting and you're going to be okay to win the game. But you can't have turnovers like that. That's what's no. so absurd. You had the no. game in your hand. All you had to do, even if you went three and out and punted, you should have been okay. But to turn over, you know, like that, it's ridiculous. We're not turn the ball over like that for touchdowns. There's no question. No, I mean, you know, no way. Do you, you know, know when the Dolphins win? Do you know why the Dolphins have won this year? They've won because they've gotten turnovers. Two years ago, they won because they got turnovers. They were one of the highest turnover teams. Kiko Alonso had some major turnovers two years ago, three or whatever it was, when they made the playoffs. Last year, you got nothing, and they were abysmal. With or without Jay Cutler, that they got no turnovers. And now, you were winning because you were getting turnovers. They were the number one ranked team turnover-wise after, like, week three. And now, you're starting to turn it over. So, it's very simple math. You turn the ball over, you're going to lose. And, you know, that's a memo, I guess, that hasn't trickled down quite enough yet. No. So, we, you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see how they're able to somehow weather this and, and what they can do from it. But, um, you know, they're not a good enough team to handle those kind of errors. No, and, you know, and it's still, you know, they still give up way too many yards on the ground, too. You know they're they're terrible on the, with the run defense. Well, they weren't the first three weeks of the year. They've become terrible on it. Yeah. It's at inopportune times. You know they they didn't start yeah. off that way. They started off they were actually controlling the run very well. That's a, one of the big reasons they were three and zero. But that has gone south. You know they're they're not not completely south because they're you know the New England game was terrible and and in this game 
you know, they, it wasn't really the run that killed them, though, in this game. You know, but in in the uh, in the oh. New England game, it was. Yeah. You know, so. Hey, they were missing their number one, you know, running back too, and they still ran on us. Yeah, I mean, it seems like they, you know, yeah, Bernard would have obviously probably given them Killed more us. of a pop there, but I, I don't yeah. think that. I don't know how many yards uh, the Bengals had on the ground, but if you if you asked me to analyze that game, I, I don't put them running on us as anywhere close to the reason why. Uh, I don't think they were that bad controlling the run in that game. They kept the ball away from us a lot. Explain what do you mean. They kept the ball away from us a lot. They kept getting first downs, you know. They ran for a, they ate a lot of clock up, especially in the second half. Yeah, yeah, they did. No, they did. They kind of did yeah. what we did in the second half, right? Well, they scored. What did they score? Twenty-four points in the fourth quarter. Uh, yeah, we gave them. We gave them fourteen of those, but still, you know. Yeah, you know, you, that's, that's a good point you just brought up. Like they twenty-four points they scored. Twenty-four in points in the fourth quarter. Yeah, they scored. I mean, that's ridiculous. They scored twenty-seven unanswered. You were leading. You were winning the game seventeen to three. Yeah. After the third quarter, going into the yep. fourth quarter. Yep. And that's just ridiculous. Yeah, it's terrible. It's terrible. Now I don't know what. You know the the. What do you say to a team going in there that obviously when you're winning the game seventeen three going into the fourth quarter, you can win the game. You're yeah. playing well. There's talent there. You can win yep. the game. So it's not all abysmal. But to have that kind of turnaround in the fourth quarter, and again, I, you got to ask yourself, aren't you in protect mode? You're up yeah. by two touchdowns. How do you turn the ball over like that twice for pick sixes? Twice. It, it, looked, like, it, it, it looked like a rookie in there for the first time. And that's alarming to me. It really yeah, is. That's why I say, like, you know, shouldn't have, I, I, should you know, not have been there. I would, I would think you're going to hear grumblings about the coach coming soon, wouldn't you? If this keeps going down this path. I mean. So I think the players are going to start grumbling. Players. Yeah, I think Gaze uh, is going to lose this team. You know. I guess it depends on what you're considering. Uh, year you know, three. You know, I mean, obviously his his plan isn't going into into effect like he thought it was going to be. Which I don't understand what his plan is. You right. know, I think his his game plan is is atrocious. I mean, does he need to bring in an offensive coordinator to call the plays for him because his plays stink? Well, you're at a pivotal point right now. Yeah. Because if you're going to four and two, you're not going to be hearing grumbling. If you're four no. and two in this league, you're not going to hear anything right now. Now yep. we both agree. I, I, you know, when it's all said and done, the years over. Even if they win in a four and two, Pat, the, the yeah. world doesn't give us any credit. I mean, we're we're down. No, 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 and the they will, and they will. We're down the bottom. They have Tannehill rated the 26th rated quarterback in the league out of 30. Yeah, which is not accurate. But you know what? I think no, you picked the wrong week for me to defend it. From two games like this, that's what you're going to get. Yeah, I was going to say. Know? I mean, you're, you're picking the wrong week for me to defend them. He looked yeah. like the 26th worst quarterback in the league. Yeah. Yep. 
in the week I mean, before that, he was like the 27. You know he's better than that. But yeah. you can't defend him when he plays like that. No. No, it's, it's very difficult to. Yeah. It really is. And, and you know, as far as, you know, my point is, you know, they go to 4-2. and two, I don't think you're going to be here rumblings that the team, you know, to replace Gase right now and all that. But, it, you know, if it ends at the end of the year like it has, you know, then, yeah. I mean, then, of course. Because I think that there's an overwhelming feeling of that there's, there's not as much control uh, with this team as you maybe had thought coaching-wise. It was it, you were no. out. I don't know what you want to call it, but when you lose, when you let up 24 points in the fourth quarter, you're winning 17-3. You let up 24 unanswered. You know uh, how do you defend that? You're not in good hands with something like that. No. And that doesn't usually happen. And uh, Peyton Manning, I think, had a monster comeback in the one time that he beat the Patriots, right, in that championship game to go to the Super Bowl where he finally won it. I think right. it was 24 points. It wasn't 24 points, but he he did yeah. have one big one. You know, it does happen, but you know, too, it seems like it's too too uh, not consistent, but it, too many times, man. Just that they they have games in their control that they don't know how to close out, and closing out Never. could mean I mean, a lot of different like things. I, said, I was alarmed with the Jet game. You know how they didn't score any points in sure. the second half. I told yeah, you that. Yeah, I remember you saying that. That, that. scared the hell out of me. If that was a good team, no, I know. If we lose, I know, and 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 I think they did the same thing against Tennessee. Absolutely. Uh, so I I don't know. And like I said, I think it's very troubling that when our drives stall. We punt all the time. We're not even in field goal range. I mean, that was the yeah. first field goal we've gotten in weeks. I mean, we're right. never in field goal range. I can understand not getting into the end zone sometimes, but we're never even down in that area. No, no, I, I know. It, we, don't cross the 50, we don't cross the 50 half the time. Yeah, and when you have situations, you know, like that, it's going to come back to you. It's going to, you, you, it's going to get to you. You're not going to be able to do that consistently. You know, they haven't been in. We even said when they kicked the field goal, that was the first time in, in, in how long that we can remember a field goal. Yeah, right, exactly. That's what people go, how do you like your field goal kicker? I don't know. He doesn't really – he kicks extra points once in a while, you know? Yeah. I'll tell you what, though. I've seen the, the guy uh, could go to the Browns that we, we let go, and uh, yeah. I know he kicked the game winner, but, man, that guy kicks a knuckleball eight feet high every time. I, I would have <laughs> want nothing to do with that. I really would. Would it really matter at this point? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I don't know, but (laughs) it wouldn't matter. I don't want it. If you were kicking field goals right now, you'd have just as many shots as one. (laughs) (laughs) I guess so. I guess so. What what is he? he, You gonna hold the clipboard any better than the guy that we have? (laughs) (laughs) Well, either way, I don't want him. How about that? (laughs) Either way, actually, I got kicked a nice field goal in this game. Yeah, he, he did. did kick he, a nice he, one today. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, you know there was no reason to change not, that either. Going into the not, as, not as nice as Gano kicking the sixty-three yarder to win the game out in Carolina, right? You know, sixty-three. we were talking about that yesterday. I was talking with Damon yesterday on it, and uh, I I thought there was like three or four tied with it, and then somebody broke it at sixty-four, didn't they? I is thought is the record now. Well, yeah. I don't know. I thought it was. I thought there was like so many people tied at sixty-three, and then yeah, I thought somebody had ago, fi- 
Yeah, we see Isn't a somebody... Elam. It, that yeah, it, that's gone. But I don't know what it is. I don't know what the number well, is. Well, it couldn't have been sixty-five. You think it was sixty-five? I don't know. I really don't know. I don't know if it's sixty-four, sixty-five. I don't know. I really don't know. Well, it can't be higher than that. I mean, it's either sixty-four or sixty-five. But I don't think it was sixty-five. Right? I can't be. I, I can't I, be. Like, it's got to be I really don't know. It's one of those things like, you know, Dempsey had that record for 100 years, you know? Everybody knew what it was, and now you know you don't know, you know? Yeah, I mean... I, I, 64 yards, I, Matt Prater. Yeah. And yeah. the previous record was held by Dempsey and then matched by Elam, Janikowski, Akers, and Akers. <laughs> there you go. So Gano hit it again? Twice? Is that what you're no, saying? Bef- yeah, he, he had it at 63. Now he's got it at 64. No, Prater has it at oh, 64. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, Graham Gano just got it, I guess, yesterday. Oh, wait. Let's see. Set by Tom Dempsey and then matched by Elam Sebastian. I guess. Yeah, Gano had it already. He did one already. He had it already, right? So, this has to be his a, second that one. Second that was a three order. Yeah. 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 All right, so Prater has it at 64, and uh, yeah, I got a feeling that's going to be he did that in, uh He did that in, in 2013. Yeah, I remember that when that kind of happened. I do remember that. But, you know, the bottom line is that I think it's going to be passed. This uh, Godot, he would have been good from 68. Did you see that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I think Janikowski hit a 60-yarder this year already, didn't he? Oh, yeah. Yeah, probably. 61 you or know. something like that. And I think he hit the net. <laughs> yeah, these guys can kick, man. There's no doubt. They got the league. It's a different he's game. He's been in the league 19 years, Pat Janikowski. Yeah, I know. He's been a long time. <laughs> it's a lot different years. than the days when, when Von Schaumann was, was hitting the crossbar at 48 <laughs> to win oh, the game, right? Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Unbelievable. A lot different. Yeah. All right, well, uh, that's our show for tonight. We'll see what uh, the Dolphins can do going into Chicago. Uh, actually, Chicago coming to Miami, and hopefully we'll have better news. Dolphins get on a winning streak. Thanks for joining us, everybody. We'll see you next week on the Miami Dolphins Legends Show. Took a look down a westbound road, right away I made my choice. Headed out to my big two-wheeler, I was tired of my own boy. Took a beat on the northern plains and just roll that power on. Twelve hours out of Mackinac City, stopped in a